the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita, I write what I live, my life in the speaker, I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. I got a message to YouTube. I want my channel back. <laughs> YouTube, I want my channel back. We were right about COVID. We were right about January 6th. We were right about Trump being spied on. We were right about the Russian collusion being a hoax. We were right about the Ukraine call that Trump had with uh, the Ukrainian president. We were right about the impeachments. I just can't wait to the day we're right about this election. YouTube, I want my channel back. You took away my channel because I was reporting facts, truth, and you took my channel away. It's not right, YouTube. I want my channel back. Because what you did, not just to me, but to other creators or whatever you want to call them today, people that are out there that were reporting on January, especially January 6th, it really bothers me. And now you got all these people. You got the Mitch McConnell's of the world. I'm, I, I have the audio, audio up here, but I won't even play it. You have them talking about what Tucker Carlson did was and how it was outrageous and asinine, basically, that what Tucker Carlson showed to the American people the truth of what happened on January 6th, especially the guy dressed up looking like a shaman, shaman. They told us Officer Signick died because of what happened on January 6th. We saw it with our own eyes. We all knew this because we know who and what the government, these government officials are up to now. Trump said it right. They're not after me. They're after you. And if you, I don't give a crap what party line you fall, which side you fall on. Wake up. Because they are after you. They are after us. And we cannot allow them to continue to do this. We need to elect people who are strong enough and have the cajones. I don't want to say it the way I want to say it the cojones to fight back and push back to protect you, the American citizen, because I look, I feel like we're in Russia. I feel like we're in communist China. I know. I'm sorry, Huff daddy. I still hear that reverb or that. It sounds like I'm listening to myself twice. So I'm trying to get used to this sound. Imagine how bad it is for us. Oh, no, no, no. I, I kind of <laughs> like wait, it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> 
I'm upset that not enough people are mad about the 40-some thousand images and videos that were released. And we got people that actually are trying to defend this. Defend and, and go after Tucker Carlson because he decided to come out and show this is why they did not want Jim Jordan and, and Congressman Banks on that committee. Because what they did, what, what Tucker Carlson did... Banks and Jordan would have done it a long time ago, and they know this. They know this. I'll get off my soapbox because I I really want to have conversations about this and more, especially as it deals with our education, because guess what? Not only have they come for our kids, they're going to come for our kids in ways that we're still not prepared or ready for. They're over here showing us all these distractions, but they are coming for our kids, and we cannot allow that to happen. Joining me live in studio to discuss J6, Tucker, is the troublemaker himself, Verlon Galloway, and the Pi Doc, Dr. DJ Scoogsbury, Dr. DJ Scogsberg. <laughs> Verlon, what did I say that was a lie? Nothing, but what you have to understand is the elites, I don't care if it's from the left or the right, they're all in on it. Yeah, And you got to understand, people like Mitch McConnell and those type of people, they're not going to just come out and say they're against Donald Trump. They're just going to side with the Democrats politely and quietly and just hope for the best. Hope they get Trump on something. Hope Trump doesn't run. Hope he loses in the primary. You got to understand, these guys are in on it. They don't want to be cut out. Yeah. If, if they get cut out, they don't get those nice offices. Mitch McConnell got how many offices? <laughs> I wanted to be in that office. I would live in that office that he had on TV uh, when he was being interviewed yeah. with a fireplace. I, I don't have a fireplace. I want one. <laughs> you, you know, there's two things that, that immediately came to mind, especially when you were talking about Tucker Carlson now um, being slammed by the cancel culture and, and uh, folks in the mainstream media for doing the exact same thing that the mainstream media press outlets were doing by by cherry picking components of video that had been released about January 6th. Mm-hmm. And I, I take umbrage with the fact that you have two different sets of standards for the public media that should be reporting the whole truth. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I, I have, have, have issues with, um, with that. I think the other thing to Verlon's point, especially about, Regardless of the party, you know, you have have members of Congress that have have been in there for 40 plus years. You know, you've got, you know, somebody that's what Nancy Pelosi is 83, 84 years old. And how much money have she and her husband made Mm -hmm. as a result of being allowed to have insider trading rights? And the same thing is true with both sides of the aisle. Right. So you've got the general populace of the United States who is eking by and squeaking by, especially with the inflation rate going up and continuing to go up. And yet you have these other folks that are doing insider training and are able to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And they're able to do it, quote unquote, legally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Verlon and John and oh, yeah. DJ, Mm-mm. we couldn't do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. You know, I, I want to play some of this Tucker clip. It's, it's a very long clip, but I want to play some of it because when we come back from the break after after playing this, I want us to really just tap on a few of the, the, the subjects and the, and the points that Tucker was making in this. And this was when, when you know, if 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 we don't understand the war that's upon us it's been upon us um tina said we've been in, we've been mad for 6 years and uh people just don't care 
And that's the reality. But I want to play some of this 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 Tucker uh, Carlson clip. And I also want to talk about Trump has the number one single. Yes, he does, Hoff Daddy. He has the number one single in America today. Trump. Donald Trump. That's why I wore my MAGA Republican hat today. I wore it yesterday when I filled in for Dan Prof, too. Because I'm upset. You know, I'm like Drake now. I'm upset. 50,000 on my name is disrespect. Here's oh, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take <laughs> cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. You know, he, he, he caught a lot of grief for that last part he talked about, about them being orderly. And that's what Mitch McConnell and, 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 and the other Republicans who came out against them had, had to say. This, guys, if, if, if I'm telling you, if you don't get anything out of what I'm saying today, they are not after. They are after us. They want us. They want us at mercy. They want us begging for mercy. This is still the United States of America, and we cannot allow it to happen. We simply cannot allow this to happen. You know, they shut Chuck, Tucker down after the, 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 what two days of, of, of viewing this. Because because I wonder what what else is on those tapes. I, I hope Kevin McCarthy, speak of Kevin McCarthy. I hope you release it to the public. I want everybody to be able to. I want transparency. Open it up. You're listening to Black and White Radio on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host John Anthony. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer.
pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. The number one song in America right now. Justice for all. Donald Trump and the January 6th choir. The J6 choir. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the Pi Doc. We, we made up another name for you, though, didn't we? No. No, we just called you Pi Doc? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it looks like. Or just Doc. Uh, so I, I was supposed to have two school board members come in at 6. Looks like they've, they've come in a lot earlier because it's 420. Oh. So it looks like we're going to be shifting the first hour hey, now. You know, it, John, it's all about flexibility. Yeah, it, it, that's that's what it's all about. Um, did you hear, Doctor Naomi Wolf? She had a whole article on her website. Dear conservatives, I apologize. My team was taken in by a full spectrum pop propaganda. She said, "There's no way to avoid this moment." The formal letter of apology from me to conservatives and to those who put America first everywhere. It's tempting to sweep this confirmation, confrontation with my own gullibility under the rug to move on without ever acknowledging that I was duped and that as a result, I made mistakes in judgment and that these mistakes multiplied by the tens of thousands and millions on the part of people just like me hurt millions of other people like you all in existential ways. But that erasure of personal and public history would be wrong. I owe you a full-throated apology. I believe the farage of lies, and as a result of these lies and my credulity and the you know what I'm saying, of people similarly situated, my, my throat, my, my, my mouth is dry, of people similarly situated to me, many conservatives' reputations are being tarnished on false basis. And what she's talking about is the January 6th being called an insurrection. I would hope you would go over to Naomi Wolf's substack. Dear conservatives, could you, that's it, Robert. Yeah, I can't get it out. Um, yeah. But I heard she took some of that back. Uh, I was I was watching news packs. They, they um, read the same thing you read, and then they read what she said afterwards, and she kind of took some of that back. Was, was, when she said she doesn't agree with Tucker's interpretation of the videos as depicting mostly peaceful chaos? No, something about being she was being duped and, you know, conservatives was going down the wrong path. So she wrote this, though. I mean, she can't pull back what she what she put out, what well, she wrote. A lot of them said things that they took back. You know, even 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 McCarthy did. So, so who reached out to her then? I, I have no idea. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. If I was a Democrat, I would be upset, too. Because they spent a lot of a lot of money on this movie that flopped, you know, just like a movie producer or a director. Those big movies that they spend hundreds of millions on and they don't get the money back or make profit and it flops. That's what January 6th is. Yeah. It's a flop. And Tucker is proving it to be that. Right. So, you know. But Vilan, didn't we? We proved it when it first happened. We yeah, talked but, about it here on this show. Of course. But come on, man. You know, you know, people was beating down my phone. Ricky Hendon and other progressives was calling me, talking about, tune in today, giving me the dates. Come on, man. They got the smoking gun this week. Oh, man. If you support Donald Trump, you're a traitor. You're a traitor. I had the man calling me a traitor on the telephone if I agreed. He stopped talking to Jim. But, Kenneth, everything she just said, conservatives, I apologize. That could be said about COVID. 
That could be said about Trump being spied on. That could be said about the Russian collusion. That can be said about the two impeachments, right? Hunter, yeah. Hunter, Hunter Biden. All lies. Hunter Biden. All Disinformation. lies. Mm-hmm. All lies. Yeah, you know they all lies. Even Cream Puff Jim on the telephone right now. The only reason why I say Cream Puff Jim is because that's what is what I'm reading. <laughs> no, but that's what you call them. They though. all. No, I call them Progressive Jim. Oh, that's right. Uh, they all lies. They know it. He knows it. Once you let him speak. He's going to be laughing and playing, but he yeah. knows it's all well, a lie. Let, let, let's look at even some of the most recent testimony with, you know, Jim Jordan as chair of the, um, uh, the Judiciary House uh, Subcommittee on uh, Weaponization of the Federal Government. And, he, you know, he, not getting his, his very simple question answered by um, FBI Director Ray. Did you or did you not have people that were planted in order to basically help kick off what is a is claimed to be the insurrection. He refused to answer. And the the Justice Department has con- has gone on to actually say that it is preemptively indicated that it intends to limit the scope and nature of information available to the committee as part of its oversight. And you should know, however, this is from the Judiciary Subcommittee website, you should know, however, that despite the department's assertions to the contrary, congressional committees have regularly received testimony from non-Senate-confirmed and line-level Justice Department employees, including FBI employees, in the past. And we expect this past precedent to apply to our oversight as well. So here we are again. It is good for me, but not for thee. Of course. Cool. That's how they operate, yeah. right? That's exactly. Okay, let's bring on Kareem. Not a Jim from Chicago. How about that? <laughs> Jim, welcome back to Black and White, brother. But, uh... Jim, you there? Hey, if you if you, if you can rehabilitate Trump, you can jump over Niagara Falls <laughs> in a barrel in that day, because there's no way you're gonna you're no way you're gonna rehabilitate this guy for the president of the United States. Okay. But anyway, I was gonna say that I was gonna say that the Fox News, if you saw their emails, they could they called Trump every name. I mean, talk about low down names, and they called him every filthy name in the book. You talking about the text messages? Go, I know, well, I'm talking about what they said while they were watching the crazy Trump. I didn't have to see anything because I saw him out there with his good gloves on, his cashmere coat behind the glass going, yeah, go charge the Capitol. Go charge the Capitol. Oh, come okay. on, Jim. I don't have to hear anybody's opinion about it. I saw it with my own eyes. He but didn't say is, go charge the Capitol, Jim. Is Fox, is Fox News really news or is it, should they play Beethoven or Mozart or something when they bring because it's actually it's not news it's just entertainment. They've been on the stand all week. You told uh, so MSNBC. Hold, hold, hold on, Jim. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jim. Hold on, Jim. Hold on, Jim. 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 Hold on. Hold on, Jim. So you trying to tell me MSNBC is news? Is that news? More news today? No, no. Oh come on! You might as well watch your Disney Channel. Stand, and they gonna stand this week. Who sued them? Have they been sued by anybody? Come on, man. Yeah, they got sued. They got sued Fox by Nick Simpson. Oh, no, no, no. You asked the boy, question, Jim. Hold on, hold on. The Boy Scouts are screwing Fox News. Everybody's screwing Fox News. Jim, you just asked the question. He's, he's finishing the statement. Uh-huh. What did you say, Jim? 
Dominion showed them, right? Is it Dominion showed them for a billion and a half dollars? I don't even say their name. Well, the Dominion showed them for a billion and a half dollars. They didn't show anybody on the other network. Can I answer your question, Jim? You just rumble and rumble and rumble. You know, I'm not rambling. Jim, 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 you're rambling. You're rambling. We only got a couple of minutes. He's feeling Look, look, Jim, you asked, have they been sued? MSNBC, CNN, and all the liberal uh, news stations were sued by Nick Salmon. Yep. And they're being sued, uh, sued right now by the guy. What was the guy in Wisconsin? The young, the young man that uh, was defending property. Uh, I don't know who you talking. You about. remember oh, the, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Oh, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Well, Rittenhouse. They're being sued by Rittenhouse. They're not. They're not going to get a billion and a half dollars. Those nuts are going to get a billion. They already paid. They already paid Nick Salmon. Hey Jim. Fox. Fox takes the cake. Fox takes the cake. Hey Jim. When I hang up with you, I'm just going to play something uh, to remind you uh, about what the Democrats were saying prior to 2016. Uh, I want you to sit back and listen oh, to well, it. Okay? Don't worry, but Trump doesn't have a prayer, so no, don't worry. But you saw, you saw Christie. You saw Christie. You saw Christie. Just listen up. Christie listen said up. he's Christie said he has no shots. Who says he has I no shots? Who cares about him? He no shot. There's no Republican in the right mind that thinks yeah, he has no shots. Hold on, hold on. They're waiting for they're waiting for the Florida governor yeah, to jump in. That's all they're Jim, doing. Jim, I gotta I go. You guys have a good. You guys have a good. Thank good you, night. Too, Thank Jim. You. Thank you. Uh, I just want to remind people that this was said by Democrats about voting machines. I also, I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states, but are not state-of-the-art from our perspective. Um, We're very concerned because there's only three companies. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including backdoors. Oh. These companies are accountable to no one. Oh, did you hear that? That wasn't Republicans. That wasn't Trump. That was Democrats. It sounded like uh, yeah. current vice, vice president. You listen to the black and right. So hold the line. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Troublemaker and Pydoc. Uh, as I told you, we, we may have, we're going to have to shift the show. Uh, I'm going to come back to this, but I want I want to take these get these two calls because they've been holding for quite some time, and I don't want to you know make Tina upset with me. Tina, <laughs> I never want you to be upset with me. Welcome back. Ah, uh, how could I possibly be upset <laughs> with you? I will say this: I wanted to reach through the phone and slap. Is that Jim from Chicago? Uh, yeah. Oh. So, oh my God. So he's he. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's the typical union idiot who does exactly what his union tells him to. He hates Trump for absolutely no reason, despite the fact that Trump was good for the unions and good for construction. Yeah. And it, he he represents the half of the country that has never watched Fox News but seems to know everything that's on there. And they're morons. They have no idea what's going on in this world. They don't care that our FBI is corrupt from top to bottom and that we're basically a banana republic. Yeah. I, I'm just so appalled. 
I mean, at the end of the day, I, I used to think we're all Americans, just no matter what side of the aisle we vote on, that we all believe in the same things and we support the Constitution. I don't think that country exists anymore. Right. I think we're so far past that and it scares the crap out of me. Yeah. See, I'm an optimist. I don't I don't think we're there yet. Oh, I hope yeah, not. I don't think I we're there not. yet, Tina. I love you, Tina. And let me. <laughs> Hi, Verlon. I miss you. Hey, I, uh, one more thing. Elon Musk. And Tucker Carlson, I pray to God, they're talking behind the scenes with Jim Jordan and McCarthy about how they get this information to the public. Yeah. Because this is stuff they have to. They, if they don't have any control legislatively and if they can't stop the progressives, they've got to get as much of this out and into the public as possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, they were they were colluding with Twitter back then. So why not just send Twitter the entire file? And, and have Talabi, exactly. Talibi, Talibi, whatever his name is, and yeah, what's her name? Um, 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 she's the um, I forget her name. She's the other uh, oh, reporter. What's the difference yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point? Does the, the female make... reporter, Barry Weiss, Barry Weiss, and have right, them just right. just create an entire Twitter profile for it and just dump it all. Absolutely, just yeah. dump it. We've that's... got to get it out into the public and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, that's true. Thanks so much for calling us, Tina. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Love you. It. Take Love care. You too. Take care. Uh, let's go to Mitchell. Mitchell, welcome back to Black and Right. Hey, guys. Bert, Ron, John, What's how you up? doing? What's up, brother? <laughs> they got it wrong on COVID-19. They got it wrong on basically the other report when they said that uh, Russia was putting bounty hunters on uh, American soldiers in Afghanistan. You know, uh, WCPT, I called them out because the midday host, you know, wouldn't issue retraction as she opined on it. I said, did you read the class or did you read the documentation from the CIA director? She said there was no evidence to suggest such a thing. Yeah. So these lies are nothing more to practice what I call through manufactured consent, number one. Number two is to practice shallow journalism. They want to sell you the biggest, what I call BS, right? Because it only supports their narrative. Yeah. Now, critical thinkers call these guys out every day, and that's what we're going through right now. That's right. I mean, how much more BS are you going to take with January 6th? If Trump was so guilty, Berlin, right? Right. According to CPT, why was he never charged with an insurrection? Right. I right. mean, there has to be... Now, I, I said to you guys this literally like two years ago with this whole January 6th when it first basically opened up. I said that there are basically two versions of it. And I was 100% predicting this accurately because here's what they did. They Obviously, what was just disclosed is that when you saw the interior of obviously the Capitol, it was nothing like it was reported. I guarantee you it was shot on some sta- soundstage. Yeah. Okay? And that was this not the first time they've done this. Yeah. Do you know that? Op- do you know the Operation Northwoods, John? Do you know what that was about? I, I've heard of it. Yeah, Operation Northwoods basically was during uh, the whole thing with Castro and oh, the, yeah, you yeah. know the babies right after yeah. uh, right before the Cuban Missile Crisis. So the generals in Kennedy's you know uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff they wanted to bomb domestic cities in America and then blame it on Castro. Yeah. And then Kennedy said, you know what, I'm not doing it. But what the, the reality was is that they were like one moment away from doing it. But there were other clandestine black ops where they did stuff like that. Okay? In Chile, in the Dominican Republic, when RCA took over all these different countries. So this, this, this thing with January 6th is, is a common playbook. And by the way, why do you think when Ted Cruz, this is the killer, yep. when Ted Cruz asked the FBI, were they conducting black operations yep. on January 6th, they said, we're not going to answer. Do you hear what I'm saying here, Daddy? I got it. Yep. And we still don't know who Ray Epps is. Thanks so much for calling us, Mitchell. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> let's go to Anthony. Anthony, you got about a minute. Welcome back to Black and Right. 
Uh, thank you for taking my call. So I, I, uh, I don't, I don't subscribe to Fox anymore. I, I think they're they're half of what they used to be. I'm a Newsmax guy, yeah. and like Sean Thompson says, I don't watch a lot of you know guys in costumes chasing balls. But what destroys me to my core, I mean, I like Tucker Carlson. Why hasn't he shown the video of Ashley Babbitt being murdered? Yeah, there were three Capitol policemen in front of that door. Yeah. And it was, and it's like they were asked to move away so this Michael Byrd could have a clear shot at shooting people in the crowd. Yeah. It's despicable. And there is video of how they dragged her body out bleeding on the Capitol yeah. floor. And, and, and guess these, what? And these, Anthony, we got to go, go to break. And, and Ashley Babbitt was the only murder that happened at the Capitol on January 6th. The only murder. Uh, thanks so much for calling us, Anthony. We got to go to break. I appreciate you listening. You're listening to Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Just switch your attitude. Go and level up yourself. This that different latitude. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. Oh, Daddy, <laughs> oh, I hate when you're here sometimes because I can't sing, man. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, Pydoc. Um, We have some candidates who are running in the Will County area. Um, Teresa Tammy Hayes, she's running for Will County District 92. And Mike Clausen, who's a businessman. And I... Who's who's also the husband to the wonderful Christina Clausen? How about that? Uh, yes. I said your name today, Christina. That works. That, <laughs> that, that work. works. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Pilot, I, I really wanted you to be here because I wanted you, being a former superintendent, being a former principal, um, you understand education a lot better than us. So take it away. Thanks. Uh, welcome, first of all, uh, Tammy and Mike. Um, Thank you. I, I have to tell you, as a as a former superintendent in a couple different school districts. Um, there is no more thankless position than being a public school board member. You don't get paid for it. You have all the headaches that go along with it that you get to share with the superintendent and their administrative team. Um, and uh, I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I, let me just start by saying that. Keeping in mind, <clears throat> when you go to run for the school board, there there's generally some key points that you highlight. Um, and my Father-in-law, uh, former father-in-law, God rest his soul, was president of Argo High School Board for almost 20 years. Um, okay. And uh, so there's a little bit of, of understanding from a child's perspective as well. But I, I want to give you the opportunity to really highlight three key points as to why you've chosen to run Tammy respectively for District 92's board and then Mike um, for Lockport Township High School uh, 205 board. So, Tammy, why don't we start with you? Um, well, I've been in the district for 20 plus years. Uh, I had four kids go through the district, all four graduates of D92. And and we had a good run in the school. We've had our bumps and bruises, as every family does. As a parent of kids that are graduating high school, my, my last one is a senior in high school this year. So my kids are off, you know, into their next stage of life. I can honestly say that as a parent, I am concerned about what's being taught in the schools. Are we serving the children that are in our districts to the best of our abilities? 
there's so much technology nowadays. I don't think that we focus enough on hands-on learning for the kids. I know for some kids, audio is great. Visual is great for other kids. I'm a firm believer in you learn better if you're having a good time. And I don't think that all screen time is good. And as we are buying brand new iPads for every single kindergartner, I'm concerned. So it's really, it's academics. Uh, I am concerned about fiscal responsibility. Are we spending the money the best that we can? I know D92, four schools, about 1,300 kids, 18 grand a child is what we're spending. Wow. And then that's per capita tuition charge. Yes. Correct. Yeah. And I, you know, so that's, that's where I'm at. I, I just think, and, and I, I live here. I want my kids to raise my grandkids here. So I want to be there and I want to make sure when I was in the district, I believe people had my back when I was a busy mom. So I want to have other moms backs while they're busy and families are busy raising their kids. Awesome. Mike, how about you? Well, uh, there's a, there's, there's a lot of things on here. So, so who am I? I, I am, uh, I've been a local one iron worker for uh, nearly 29 years, almost 30 years. Uh, uh, my wife owns a uh, company that I work for right now, so my wife is my boss in a couple different ways. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and John, John knows her very well, yeah. and uh, she's, a, she's a very strong woman and very passionate about uh, everything that she does. And uh, it, it has, with seeing what's going on, uh, the decisions that are being made, I belong to a lot of contractor associations right now, and we negotiate on. I've been I'm part of negotiations on both sides of the aisle as an iron worker and as a contractor, mm-hmm. and I've seen those negotiations play out both ways. And school board is primary primary purpose is contract negotiations. You know, um, hiring and and letting go of a, of a uh, superintendent. Right. Uh, these are these are business. It's like a business oversight committee, mm-hmm. right? That's how all all these uh, associations operate. We're not educators, right? That we leave that to the educators. And um, I have a lot of questions on how money's being spent. Why aren't our teachers making more money, right? I don't understand some of that. But um, so I'm a father of three kids. Uh, one of my kids went through uh, uh, Lockport High School, graduated. Um, uh, I now have a child in eighth grade who's going to be going to uh, Lockport 205. And I'm concerned about things that have happened in the past. You know, they segregated children for not wearing masks. You know, some kids stood up and said they weren't going to do it. And they made them go to an auditorium, not to the classroom, to an auditorium. Uh, it was a punishment for, mm. for standing up. Wow. And I'm proud of those kids. You know, I'm proud of those kids for what they did. But uh, who are these people that did that to these, to these children? You know, that, that this, is not, this is not okay. Uh, we, we need... Uh, I've never, I've, I haven't served my country. This is a, this is a service. This is a service to our community in a very small way, service to our country. And it is a voluntary position. And it is, I'm, I'm sure it's a thankless position. But it's, it's this country was built on, on volunteers, yeah. and volunteerism. Yeah. And I want to volunteer to serve and, and be a part of that in a positive way. Bring positivity back to these, uh, to the community. Yeah. And, and to the schools. Well, we're talking with Ta- Teresa Tammy Hayes, who's running for Will County District 92. Mike Clausen, who's running for um, District 205 Lockport. Correct? I said that right? Um, when we come back from break, we'll continue this conversation because um, we're going to need strong people, especially in our school districts. Because I don't think, I think the fight has 
just just begun on what they're on the attacks on our kids. We haven't seen anything yet. You listen in to Black and Right Radio on AM five sixty The Answer. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM five sixty The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM five sixty The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I got a quick question for you. Real quick. Marvin Gaye or George Michaels? <laughs> Marvin Gaye. Say it right. Get it right. Marvin Gaye. Bla. George Michaels. Hey, I, I got one, one quick question. Where did the superintendent of your school districts, uh, where did they fall uh, as it related to the COVID restrictions? I know you said they blocked some of them up. Was that the entire? Because there's two superintendents, correct? Yeah, just, two, yes. Yeah, one, one is an elementary uh, uh, K through pre K right. through eight elementary district. That's District ninety two, and then District two hundred five is the high school district. In Ta- town. Where, where did yours fall, and where did yours fall, Mike? So I did not have a child at the lower grades at that time. Uh-huh. So it is my understanding that they continued with the masks after the TRO, uh-huh. even though we were given the ability to. And and John, I can echo that. I have great nephews and nieces that are in in District ninety two, and yeah. they were forced to mask. Yeah, it, yeah the, so our our entire district, our, our young kids and the older kids, we pulled our we pulled our kids out of school. Uh, we homeschooled them for two years. Yeah. So this brought us to a point where, Ooh. yeah, yeah, we, have, we pulled them out. I have a question to ask you. Well, really three, but I'm gonna rope it all into one because I don't know if you know about it. Cause I want to know if you know if they did it. Or what you think about it. Now, you would know. So it applies to you, too. In those school districts, have they applied woke, CRT, the gender studies, queer studies, uh, the new sex ed or LGBTQ? Are they pushing that on the kids, uh, uh, implement it? Tammy has something to say about that right now. Oh, okay. So D92 is the only district within 25 miles, I believe, of 33 districts, but I don't quote me on that one that did not opt out of the national sex education standards. Oh, wow. And the superintendent, I was at a meeting not too long ago, and he used his, his, the words he used to describe why he did it was because it came to them in May. He didn't want to call his teachers back for a meeting. He didn't want to bother the parents because they were on break because school summer was coming. So he didn't feel that he could make a decision. So he decided to not make a decision so he didn't opt in he didn't opt out but in doing so he made a decision exactly yeah. by an action how do you two feel about that that I, being taught to the kids that being implemented in those schools i believe in academics and nothing in those words has anything to do with academics that's as simple as it gets for me right. uh CRT, it's, it's, it's it, progressive indoctrination yeah it really is, in my opinion. And especially when you're talking about K through 8, you're talking about 5-year-olds to 13-year-olds. For example, K through 2nd grade, they define what consent means. How do you discuss consent with a kindergartner mm. without giving them more information than that? Just like, you know, when you go into the LGBTQ thing, every one of those letters... Don't forget the plus... Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Every one of those letters describes who you choose to have sexual relations with. 
five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, all the way to 13. That is not something that needs to be discussed at school. If your school has, or if your parents have, you have two, two moms, two dads, that's, that's your family. I guarantee you that no five-year-old wants the actual explanation of why Johnny has two dads. The answer is, that's his family. Mm. Trust me, onward they go to play. Mm-hmm. It has a communist tone to it. Yeah. All of it. And if I have a second, I could read something that well, really motivates let's, let's come back. We got, okay. a, we got a break. We'll come back. Um, I, I'm really excited about Beth Myers. Hopefully. I, I still hope she calls in. She was the speaker at the Charlie Kirk event that I attended. And she was amazing. And I really want her to give us her take on the state of education today. And I think it's going to be one well worthy to hear. So listen to Black and Right, Hour 2, coming up next. Don't put your blame on me. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Black and Right Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. If you missed the first hour, head over to 560theanswer.com. Download the podcast. You won't have to sit through any of the commercials. You can hear me wherever you are, no matter where you are, even on the um, the Golden Throne, the toilet. <laughs> I know. You, should oh, just God. Say, you know what, Hot Daddy, whatever. Um, I'm jo- joined in studio by the troublemaker, Valon Galloway, Pydoc. And two um, candidates who are running for um, school board in Will County, Teresa Tammy Hayes, Will County District 92, and Mike Lawson, District 205. Uh, I wanted you guys to sit around and, and, and listen to the, the next guest that's coming on because I had the opportunity to hear her at a, a, uh, an event up in McHenry County, maybe now two weeks ago now, I believe. Um, and I was just blown away. Because you were able to see, with all the speakers that I actually had the opportunity to, to, to hear, because I had to leave early, but um, the one that really stood out and stood out for me was Dr. Elizabeth Myers. She's an independent research consultant in educational development, spending 30 years in education. She probably got you beat, um, PIDOC. She does. Um, 20 in the classroom. She was a research in- intern in the U.S. Department of Education. She's a contributing author of a book, numerous journal articles and conference presentations covering issues such as teacher attrition, school board management, and more. Dr. Elizabeth Myers, welcome to Black and Right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, when, when I, as a, I came right up to you as soon as you were done with your presentation because I had to have you on this show, and I think you're going to be somebody that I would love to have, uh, even when I fill in during the morning or on, on, on our afternoon shows, because I think you get education. Uh, especially how you were breaking it down, the utopian progressive education. And I I want you to talk to the people because 
what I was able to see as I'm listening to you talk, I literally started seeing puppet masters and how they controlling the levers of our education system. Um, talk to us about where is the state of education today in America? I think uh, probably if I had to do a big, broad overview of it is there is um, blinders right now regarding education, a nostalgia that somehow (laughs) the United States education system can't be um, in such a bad situation. You, You just hear people, well, that's not at my school. Uh, I hear that a lot. Oh, that's not happening at my school. And then when I begin to show them things, they're like, oh, my gosh, it is. And so I think what we really have a problem with right now is not understanding that that Marxist ideology that nobody wants to talk about is, is endemic in our education system. And we can't see it because we're living kind of in the past, if you will, on education. Right. And, and you talked about critical theory. You talked about um, what that is. Uh, briefly, explain to the, the listening audience what is critical theory and, how, and why is it dangerous to our system of education here in America? When you talk about critical theory, you have to go way, way back. And, and obviously, we don't have a lot of time to, to go into that. But you have basically worldviews. I have you to 530, and- so we good. <laughs> okay. Well, you you have these worldviews that are in conflict with one another, and you have basically those um, critical theories are basically Marxist theories. This idea of um, a utopian that if we we socially engineer our society, that somehow we'll reach utopia. You had Karl Marx talk about it. You had Lenin, Mao, on and on and on. They do it in different ways, but it's still this idea that you have um, this ideal up in the air, this kind of airy idea of what utopia looks like, and then you have to look at where society is right now in relationship to that idea of utopia, and then you have to engage in the um, activism to bring about that change. This is something that you see in the book, The Critical Turn in Education, by uh, the editor being Isaac Gottsman. Now, James Lindsay, uh, who is a really, really smart, smart man that goes really into detail, uh, critiques this book. He really goes into what this book's about. But they literally talk about, in this book, their goal. So what is the goal of critical pedagogy? So you have critical theory, you know, this Marxist ideology of utopia. Then you have critical pedagogy or critical education. And what is the goal? The goal of critical education is to expose how relationships of power and inequity in society are manifested and how they are challenged by the oppressed. That means that you have to reconstruct education. You have to determine what the purpose of education is, the new purpose, if you will. You have to determine how you're going to carry it out, what method, what knowledge and skills will be part of that uh, content, and who's going to be the people that you allow to be part of that. Mm. And so you end up with um, basically these worldviews that include social engineering and workforce development. And everybody goes, oh, workforce development, that's all about vocational education. No, it's not. If you look at Lenin when he was uh, trying to move 
Russia and the Soviet Union from an agrarian society into an industrialized society, his idea of workforce development was plugging in people into those cogs of the economic engine, Mm. making sure that that labor is utilized for the state, not necessarily for the child or for the people. And that is similar to, like, if you listen to... Uh, a lot of people that talk about workforce development, you'll hear them say things like, um, the state needs this. Yeah. The state needs this. Yeah. And you don't hear them talking about the kids. Right. Dr. Myers, I have two um, people that are running for school board here. Um, how, how important is it for people that are running for school board to understand the battle that they're getting ready to fight or face, I should say, uh, should they win? Because and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because you have such a historical knowledge of it. Uh, I mean, you, I believe you even said something to the to the fact of how we as parents relinquish education to the government. And that was one of the biggest mistakes we had ever done um, uh, with Dewey and all these people. But w- w- how, how do you help somebody that's running for school board that's getting ready to face this battle? Uh, first of all, you've got to be prepared for the redefinition of terms. You'll have educators, and, and I want to make this clear. I am not condemning educators. I was one. What I'm trying to do is get people to understand that there is a movement, and a, a lot of times even teachers don't know that they're part of it because they've been taught by colleges, and they don't know that they've only been given half the story. So you have to be careful to understand that there are some people who truly believe what they've been taught, and it's important to help educate them on where it came from and where it will go. But the one thing I find that parents complain about and school board, uh, you get education ease. They start talking these terms, and they start twisting it in such a way that makes you feel stupid. And it's deliberately meant to make you quit arguing with them. So a lot of times when someone says the effect of, um, don't, you don't want to be uh, a racist, do you? Yeah. Don't you want to be an anti-racist? And then what I'll turn around and say, well, tell me what you define as anti-racist. So we know that we're on the same page. Mm. And so what happens is you make them define what it is they're trying to say And then we'll go from there, because that way we know that we're talking about the same thing. Oftentimes when you do that, they get kind of deer in a headlight because they usually are not challenged in that way. Right. The second thing I would say is be aware that they'll throw things at you like, um, well, we're teaching uh, this. We're not we're not teaching CRT. You're right. You're not. You're not taking a textbook that says critical race theory. But what you are doing is you are teaching the tenets and the philosophy. Mm. So, and you can't just look at the curriculum at one lesson. And let me give you an example because Common Core kind of really brought this in <laughs> because in, in ELA, what they did was they utilized something called new criticism. Uh, David Coleman was one of the major writers of ELA along with Susan Pimentel. When they did it, it really revolved around a concept called close reading, which I'm sure people have heard. That comes out of something called new criticism. Okay, well, big deal. What is that? It is this idea that you cannot look beyond the four corners of the page. Mm. You have to look 
You can't bring in historical backgrounds. You can't bring in history or biography or the sociocultural uh, conditions of that text. You can only look within the four corners of the page. Okay, well, what about it? Well, one of the things that you do when you give a lesson is you say to the kids, I'm going to give you um, three articles, and I'm going to give you an example a parent sent to me. You have three articles, and you have to write an essay on these three articles. Oh, this article, these articles happen to be on gun control. You must stay within the four corners of the page. So what does that mean? It means that that child has to utilize the text or the quotes within that particular, uh, those particular articles. Well, in the case of this uh, lady, all three of those articles were pro-gun control. Wow. And her son was like, mm, I don't believe in that. Yeah. So he went and got other articles and his own and used his own experience. So he balanced it and he got a D. Wow. And he got and he got a D because he did not stay within the three articles that he was given. In a similar lesson, a middle school uh, child was given four articles on China's one child policy. All four of those articles were about how that was a positive policy. Now, none of those talked about how the one-child policy was enforced. Right. And in fact, one particular um, article basically was about a child who was excited to be the only child because he got the benefits of not having a sibling. Wow. Hey, Dr. Myers, we, we, we have to head the break. <laughs> Uh, can I hold you? I want you to hold the line. Uh, we'll come back and finish the discussion. We're talking to Dr. Elizabeth Meyer. She's an independent research consultant in educational development for the past 30 years, 20 years in edu- uh, in, in, the, in the actual classroom. I, I know Dr. Pidoc is itching. He's ready to, 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 to have a response, and I know the troublemaker is too. You listen in the black and right. We'll be right back. the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about it's black and right with john anthony on am 560 the answer maybe i'm foolish, welcome back maybe to black I'm and right radio on am 560 the answer i'm your host john anthony live in studio with the troublemaker Verlon galloway pydoc dr dj Scoobsbury, and uh we joined by Teresa tammy hayes who's running for will county district 92 mike clausen businessman uh, iron worker. <laughs> I forgot about that part, Mike. Uh, we're running That's the cool part. District 205. Before the break, we were talking with um, Dr. Elizabeth uh, Myers. I know, uh, Pidoc, you wanted, you you were over there burning up over there. I, I was. I was taking I, some... Did some, I filibuster the time? Vociferous notes. No, I'm, I, I promise I won't filibuster, but uh, Dr. Myers, thanks for joining the show. Um, from one doctor to another, you know, I've been in the field for 26, 27 years. Uh, experienced K through 12 and even beyond at the... Um, undergrad and graduate level. But one of the things I, I think is is really key to point out to some of your comments, especially about critical theory, is that in order for critical theory to work, we're basically creating a society of victims. And part of that starts with parents abdicating their responsibility um, in holding their local school communities accountable. But all of this you know, we're talking, we were originally talking about a utopian society, which is what a lot of the, the theory circles around. But we can take a look 
at the other societies where this Marxist movement has taken place and you've really ended up with a dystopian society. Um, and I think one of the, the biggest things is that educators are not challenged and when they are, they don't know how to respond or to, or to defend. And that goes, I think, to your point about closed reading as a form of control, indoctrination and manipulation. And so I, I guess with, with me kind of getting down off my, my soapbox on, on those points, I, I guess I'm looking from you for some uh, feedback on, on uh, those, those items I just uh, delineated. Uh, we just actually had a conversation about that this morning uh, at one of the meetings that I was at. And the idea that parents have abdicated their responsibility is absolutely correct. Uh, even as an educator, um, when I had a parent night, very few parents showed up. Um, I can tell you a, a, a just a quick story about a young, uh, you know, I was at a skating rink and I was watching a mom and a child and the child kept looking at mom, looking at mom and she was skating around, but she was on her phone taking selfies and he kept looking to her for affirmation and was getting none. So I began to just kind of nod to him and say, you're doing good, you're doing good. Um, just to give him some affirmation because he looked so forlorn. And then he was looking to me, which is not what I meant to happen. But he moved his attention to me because I was giving him affirmation. That is very similar to what's gonna, what is happening in education. When you're not getting a parent engaged at home, the child is going to look elsewhere for affirmation. How you doing, doctor? Uh, my name is Verlon. Uh, one thing that we Hi. have... Uh, how you doing? <laughs> one thing that we have to remember is the left has waged this war since the 60s Longer and they believe that. in attrition. And when I look around and I look at all of these issues that I fight against uh, with, with these social issues, sometimes I feel like we've already lost the war because if it was just as simple as to just turn your head, deny that this exists, why then why has it grown as, 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 as big as it has? Their tentacles are in embedded in every part of our society, especially education. How did it get to a point where maps, minor attracted people is a thing now? How did it get to a point where adults can have a sexual conversation with kids? Back in the day, if you was an adult, you, you will get drug and, and, and it would be vigilante justice. How did it get to a point where as though this can be talked about on TV and it's not a problem? I just asked these people that's running for school board earlier, has woke CRT Sex ed, gender studies, queer studies, uh, uh, LGBTQ, it, has that been implemented in our society? And guess what? They said yes, all but one school district, and he didn't sign on or sign on or sign off. So, what do we do? How do we roll this back? Because to me, it seems like it's grown, and I mean, and it's not going anywhere. I think that when we say it's grown. Um, I think maybe I think of it as a different way. I don't think so much that it's grown as much as it's been exposed because a lot of this stuff was occurring in the early 1900s, uh, 1920s into the 1930s because you had just, you know, you had Margaret Mead, you had Margaret Sanger, then followed by Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey kind of opened the door to every kind of sexual deviancy. Uh, the Soviet Union, free love. Free love was associated with Marxism, and that's what a lot of people don't really exactly. understand. And the reason it 
done that way is because it puts a, a wedge between the child and parent. And so I think um, because I go back and, and you know, I'm, I graduated and went to school in the 70s and graduated in 80, I, was, I remember books being in the classroom. But during that time period, parents just made the assumption that the schools were like when they went to school. Mm-hmm. That that it, you know they could trust, and then what you had is a whole generation of new parents who have been indoctrinated and not even realizing it that are stepping a little bit further closer to that moral relativism line, and then you have another, and then another generation moves a little closer. I think we just generation after generation moves closer and closer, and now it's exposed, not so much grown. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, hi, this is uh, Michael Clausen running for uh, Lockport School District 205. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the school board is in charge. One of the uh, uh, responsibilities is hiring and firing a superintendent. Yeah. Can you explain to the listeners where it goes from there and the hiring process and how that works from there on? Because school board members, whether they're educators pri- previously or current, uh, are not sitting on the board as educators. Right. Could you explain that to people? Yeah, we got about a minute. Uh, very quickly, uh, a lot of times they give you a lot of big words. And they give you a lot of uh, resources about how this person is wonderful. People don't dig into it. They hire this person, and then either you get a very weak superintendent who doesn't want to rock the boat, or you have a progressive one who's willing to move the boat along. And it's going to be real hard to figure that out. That's why you got to right. dig into their ideology before you hire them. Dr. Myers, where can people find you if they want to follow you? Do you have any social media platforms that you're on? I do not. Oh, I am an what? social media person. Oh, we need you. <laughs> we need your voice out there. You got to get on something. You got to create a Twitter or something. I think your voice needs to be heard all around the country. I've heard that before, and I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> She's like me. That's uh, going to uh, be a no. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Elizabeth Myers. Dr. Elizabeth Myers, independent research consultant and educational development. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on Black and Right. I really appreciate it. And I'll, I'll call on you again. Is that okay? That sounds great. You awesome. have a great day. Thank you. You too. You listening to Black and Right. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, Verlon, Verlon Galloway, and Pidoc Dr. DJ Scoogsbetty. We're also joined by Teresa Tammy Hayes, who's running for Will County District 92, and Mike Clausen, running for School County um, District 205, that Lockport Schools, correct? Yes, sir. Um, be- before we go to the call, and, D- and I know DJ has a point, um, where can people... Um, find you guys as, as candidates? Do you have social media platforms? you have any fundraisers coming up that people can attend? So we do. We have WeTheParentsIllinois.com. We have a website. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. We don't have a fundraiser coming up. Um, the district that I'm running what? for, D92, um, which is uh, four schools at D92, Reed, Walsh, Ludwig, and Oak Prairie. We're doing a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. With our three candidates, of course, there will be other candidates there, Who too. are the other three? You can, you can give out the um, names. 
Jeff Prisbel mm-hmm. and Trisha Tabor. Um, Prisbel, not a former cop, is he? No. no. <laughs> I know a Prisbel, former no, he's Will an County deputy. Okay. <laughs> um, all of us have lived in the area a long, long time, and so we're just getting out there so we can talk to people. A lot of questions going around on social media, a lot of... Uh, a lot of accusations as to who we are, what we can do, what we want to do. So we want to get out there and talk to the people in person. And so we're hosting our meet and greet at Coombs Corner in Lockport. Love that place. Wednesday the 15th. And you could donate on uh, WeTheParentsIllinois.com. Yes, there is a donate button on there. And, and you guys have um, you, some of the people that are endorsed you, uh, Moms for America. Moms for America. We were just recently endorsed by the South, Side, South uh, Black Coalition. Mm. Uh, Devin Jones, South, right? South Suburban Black Coalition. Oh, okay. Sorry, oh, that, I is that um, um, Dr. Um, yes. Uh, Cornell? Yes. Cornell Dart? Yes, yeah. it is. Love that yep. dude. Yep. Uh, D, you had a question for him, D. Well, just before break, uh, Mike was uh, raising a point or question regarding, you know, the actual um, responsibility of school boards. And he, he raised that point to uh, Dr. Myers. Uh, and again, uh, very appreciative that she was able to join us. But... In, in Illinois, um, the primary responsibility of the school board is to hire the superintendent. Um, they entrust that individual with the day-to-day operations, uh, creating and working with the board and the community to develop a multi-year um, uh, plan, uh, set of goals. And most times those tie directly in with the evaluative goals that are used for the school superintendent. Um, the, the, the way that I explain it to my master's students uh, for the role of the superintendent versus the role of the board is that the board chooses the destination where the district is going. It is then the superintendent's responsibility to then take on that task and create a roadmap for that journey um, and ensure that the right folks are in the right seat on the right bus going in the right direction. Right? That's that's everyone in the school district. So whether it's an administrator, certified staff, non-certified staff, but the board puts their trust and faith in the superintendent to lead the school district with them as an oversight body. Uh, and I have worked with a number of different um, school boards where I have seen um, that can work very well, and in other situations, it is politically caustic. So, and if, 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 if I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to interrupt. Go ahead. Just another question of that: if if the community sees the school going in a direction that they don't like, and and the board is notified of that, what happens then? Well, and that's exactly the reason for uh, the multi-tiered uh, election process for school boards in the state of Illinois. So, at any one time, you'll have either three or four mem- board members. Generally speaking, most school districts in the state of Illinois have seven uh, member boards. Um, there are some in southern Illinois that only have two or three member boards, sim- board members simply because of the size of the, the district and people interested in running or not running. But that's where the community then has that responsibility as the electorate electoral body to say we don't like the way this direction is we're going in the direction we're going as a school district something needs to change and if you don't hear us now you're going to hear us at the ballot box and um, that's why there was a recent study i say recent but it's really almost 10 years old now but uh, there was a study done on the the quote-unquote life expectancy of a superintendent versus a board president. Um, and average expectancy for a superintendent to remain in the job was three to four years, whereas a board president was about four to six years. And the reason is because the turnover. So if you see a school district going in a certain direction, you may have a superintendent that's there for three or four years, but then is gone because a new, new majority of the board has come in and they're changing the direction of the district. 
part of the challenge with being a superintendent is that the the vision isn't created by the superintendent. The vision is is entrusted to the superintendent by the board as the district's governing body. And so a lot of times superintendents can get caught up in the political aftermath of a vision that was created by a board. Which they had no part of. Which they had, exactly, but they had the duty and responsibility to ensure that the district was going in the direction that was uh, uh, designated by the school board. Right. Um, and we we, we got to go to break. Okay. Really quickly, 30 seconds, where can people find you again? Uh, com, Facebook at WeTheParentsIllinois, and Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys, and hopefully the people in Will County will wise up and get you guys there so you can oust these two superintendents and get somebody in there who's common sense and reasonable and Thank who, you for having who us. cares about the kids. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having you know, us. I really appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, you're listening to Black and White. Kelvin, I'm going to take you as soon as we get back from break. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. And then they changed it. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, You radio rookie. That was the Pidox, the doctor. You radio Hot rookie. Hot Mike. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Exactly. My bad. Um, we were going to release the two, the two school board candidates, but there was something you wanted to say, Mike, before. Um, just wanted to do a, address a question that was asked, uh, just so everybody knows that I am against woke ideology and all the subcategories under that. Um, I'm against sexualization of our children and 100% uh, not a book burner, as I've been accused of. We've been accused of. Our whole slate has been accused of. Uh, age appropriateness of these books and maybe a rating system would be nice. Um, but as far as removing these books or doing what, you know, there are just certain age groups that should not be a part of the things that are being pushed into these libraries. So you're saying you're not trying to, you know, cancel books or correct. You just want age appropriateness it would assigned be nice. to it. We have, we have a rating system for our movies. We have a rating system for our TV shows. Why don't we have the rating system for our libraries and books that our children have access to? Didn't we talk about this? Yeah. This yeah. is insane. That's exactly what we talked about. Yeah. But, but Paddock, you, that was another Well, thing. yeah, and, and, you know, uh, Tammy also mentioned earlier in um, the show about, uh, you know, K-2 students um, being sexualized and, and, and you know, talking, uh, teaching them about, um, about consent. And, you know, I think one of the things that we need to remember is that when we talk about... You're not a phone operator. When we we talk about emotional development of children, (laughs) we need to remember there's really three key stages. uh, Pre-conventional, conventional, conventional, and post-conventional or principled. And kids at the K2 level are pre-conventional. It's still all about them. How do I avoid consequences? It's all about me. What's in it for me? It's It's a quid pro quo. It's a tit for tat. And because of that, they don't have the mental capacity to truly understand what it means to have and be able to give consent, number one. And number two, the consent rights are, are reserved by the parents. Parents. But, right. but, but how do they have, but they, but they have consent to go get an abortion. They have a consent to go to gender reassignment surgery. They have consent for all those things, but they don't have consent for that, right? Well, and, and I, I think there's a distinct difference between the sexualization of children and, you know, even teaching them about human growth and development. Um, you know, we've had previous conversations about, you know, generally around 
uh, fifth grade, you, you see students uh, being taught about uh, physio- physiological changes. And, you know, really, other than birth to age three, the greatest amount of physical um, and psychological and physiological change takes place in adolescence, which ranges in a start time of about 10 years old and goes all the way up now through about 23, 24, 25. So it's a huge time span where all of that change takes place. And each one of those stages has a different social, emotional uh, level of, of maturity. And we need to take that into consideration. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Kelvin from Springfield. What's up, buddy? Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing well. You are agreeing with the troublemaker. That doesn't happen that much. How you doing, Calvin? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) hey hey, troublemaker i know you can hold your own i know this man but i got to come in with this 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 nuclear bomb here i'm about to drop on y'all now think about this back in our day we were bused okay to schools okay i I went to school in milwaukee now the schools in milwaukee each high school had a category that they was known for. Pulaski was known for transportation. North Division had the basic education and entertainment. Washington High School had basic entertainment and went into computer technology. Uh, uh, East Side or East School had basic education and ROTC. Mm. Now, if you look at it, I'm agreeing with the troublemaker on this. This was something she mentioned going back in the 1900. No, troublemaker, you know as well as I do, this stuff has grown. Yes. Okay? This stuff has grown because they turned our children's education into a job fair for union, for the bloated government, for the many levels of the school board. Mm -hmm. Now, in our culture, we had one room because, you know, this fight between it's the teacher's responsibility versus the parent's responsibility. We had one rule in our culture. If the school called, that was discipline. Mm -hmm. You had to deal with your parents. So think about it now. We had to get bus from our side of town a half an hour out of the way to other side of the town. Now our children are chained to their neighborhoods. I had a high school right across the street that I couldn't go to because they were busing. But when I got there, there was a quality education. There was, you know, the the basic reading, writing, math, arithmetic, arithmetic. and then there was both. Like, <laughs> yeah, arithmetic, yeah. And there was also shop. We learned mm-hmm. how to take down a motor. We had to do auto body. We had stuff within the school. And when I graduated, I was already ready to transition into college because we had a certain criteria. We had to do pre-algebra or algebra by our senior year. So I, I get it, and I'm saying this to the school boards, but stop deferring to the parents as if they're lacking somewhere. Your responsibility is to educate Mm. You were nowhere involved in social issues. That's mm. not your place. Right. Not, you, you know, it's not your place at all. The soft bigotry or low expectations mm. have to stop. Stop marginalizing people. Matter of fact, I'm having soft bigotry or low expectation of, of, of most of our school system because you're graduating under 50% per year with the highest budget in the planet. Mm. So they're getting paid to fail. That's right. Okay. So why don't we as parents, if I can rally all the parents to say, hey, look, let's watch this blow to government. Let's watch the payroll. Let's watch how these teachers are performing. Let's watch what they're teaching. Because if you teach the, the basics instead of, you know, oh, he's black and he's from an underserved community, so he must feel yeah. lonely. Or think, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Kelvin okay. always brings the smoke when he calls in. Kelvin from Thank Springfield. Thank you, brother. 
Thanks so much for listening, and thanks so much for your 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 take in this conversation. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're listening to Black and Right. David, hold the line. I'll take you when we get back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Um, I wanted to play something really quickly. Hopefully I have enough time to get both of them in. Um, the first one, the first one is I want to talk. Play, can you play that clip, uh, Hoff Daddy, about this? Um, the, um, I don't prescribe to the soft bigotry of low expectations. My parents are people that raised us in this country, and they said uh, they said to us at a very early age, if you can't make it here, then you can't make it anywhere. End of discussion. Hence the reason why my sister went to West Point, I went to West Point, and my brother went to West Point. Now, my brother went to Harvard Business School, and so I had to go to Cornell and get three master's degrees in four years to match his Harvard degree <laughs> because, we're, because we're competitive like that. Yeah. And my sister was a instructor at West Point where my brother and I were cadets. No and way. And that's because my parents had, uh, had high expectations for us. And when I look at Democrats right now that tell us that People of color and black and brown people uh, can't ascertain an ID to go vote. Oops. I think to myself, wow, mm. you think so little of a group of people that they can't do the menial task of attaining a government issued ID just to go vote. And I reject that holistically. And that's what makes me a conservative. It, it is, in- wow. is, is, he, is he lying? Where's he lying? He's not. One of the reasons why I left the Democrat Party and I want to play. Uh, there's an audio clip that I played last week um, that speaks to what we were talking about with the books. The young, little young kid, uh, I think his last name is Zajac. Uh, I want you to hear what he had to say. I don't know if I'm going to play it all, but hopefully we may we may or may not have time. But I want to get your take on this as somebody that's running for school board. Here he is. This book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my t-shirt, laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing again. We're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired. Or these past couple of weeks have been too much. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both terrified. And the whole thing was kind of terrible because we didn't know what we were doing but it was good too so good because we were a mess of emotions and we were scared and excited and everything felt new so this sort of thing listen to this this sort of feels like that nick touches me like he's scared that any minute now this book was at my middle school and it was on a stand when i rented it out to show my dad it uh the librarian asked if i wanted more and if i wanted a graphic novel version this kid is 11 years old 11 years old. That's pornographic material that he has right there. Who do, right these, who do these people think they are? Yeah. yeah. If, he was in a, if he was in a convenience store, the books that are not available for someone his age are either behind the counter, they're covered, they're sealed in plastic. Mm-hmm. When did we decide that that wasn't a good thing to continue? 
when did we decide this? Well, and, and where's the adult accountability for distributing pornography to a minor? Absolutely. Now, now, I mean, oh, during break, I, I, I shared a story, but when I was a school superintendent, I had the young adult librarian come and visit the junior high students in my, my school. And she said, you know, if there's any, any, ever anything that you want to read that you wouldn't normally have access to, just let me know. Well, I immediately cut that conversation short because I'm acting in local parentis. I'm acting on behalf of sane and rational parents. And as a parent of seven kids, I'm going to tell you right now. There is no way in Hades I would want my kids to be able to be exposed to that. It needs to be, again, age appropriate. And for a minor, it is not age appropriate. Yeah, I agree. Well, real quick. One of the things that I tell everyone, if this conversation can't be had with the guy who's handing out shoes at the bowling alley, it shouldn't be having at school, at library. Great point. Amen to that. Wait, librarians in Chicago make six-figure salaries? Yes. Oh, I'm sure some of them do. Wow. Guys, hour three, coming up next. But you never seen her. I testify I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm Peter. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, Verlon Galloway, and the Pida, Dr. DJ Scogsberg. Um, that was a nice, nice conversation about education. Yeah, it really was. You know, and I, I really believe we have to get some good people in these positions. Um, DJ, I, I like how you said it. I think you said it. You correct me if I'm wrong. The superintendent basically drives the vision. So you get in the car, the, the the school board creates the car and the and the path in which you or or, or the the yeah the, the destination yeah yeah the the school board sits to the destination for right. the school district and then they um, rely on the the superintendent that they hire to drive the bus and make sure that there are the right people in the right seats on the right bus going in the right direction and part of that planning comes in with a, a vision and mission and a a multi year. Uh, plan in order for the superintendent to get the district to the destination that the the board has envisioned. And what you need to keep in mind is that there are times where you might get a flat tire, you might have a breakdown of some sort, and the superintendent is responsible for making sure that if you have to make adjustment courses, you do so, but you do so in consultation with the school board. board. The school board is the governing body as an oversight body to make sure that the superintendent is taking the district to where they want them to go. Right. I, I, I want to shift real quick. Um, yesterday, I filled in for Dan Prof on the morning show, and Amy played uh, an ad by Brandon Johnson, who's a uh, candidate for mayor of Chicago. Um, one of the things I, I will always do is just focus on policy. I don't, you know, I, I would never call Brandon Johnson any kind of names because I, I think we can, we can, show just how much his policies are out of sorts instead of going after him, you know, personally or anything to that nature. I want to play 
an ad that he that he he created about abortion and Paul Vallis. But then I got something. I, um, Ted Dabrowski from WirePoints.org uh, sent Amy and I the actual YouTube interview that Paul Vallis did on Berkowitz show on the Can TV show in Chicago and in the surrounding suburbs. Um, and I want to get you both of you take because you know I, I don't like when people take words out of context. Um, I like it when people are are truthful, and I hate hypocrisy because there's nothing about abortion. And if you're listening, you're from, you're a voter in the city of Chicago. Paul Vallis, Brandon Johnson can't change anything about abortion. It is the law of the land in the land of Lincoln. Lincoln. That enough said, period, nothing else. Neither one of them from the city perspective can do anything because there's already a state law on the books. So I want to play Brandon Johnson's ad, and then I want to play Paul Vallis's, what Paul actually said. But when you listen to what Brandon Johnson said, it sounds like Paul just said one solitary thing. But here we go. Here's Brandon Johnson's ad. Paul Vallis, on the other hand, fundamentally opposes a woman's right to choose. That's nonsense. I've never said that. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. The Supreme Court today delivered one of its most consequential decisions in generations. The justice is saying we hold that Roe must be overruled. That says Roe versus Wade is history. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. So Brandon Johnson wanted us to believe something, right? Pidot Villan. He wanted us to believe that he that Paul Vallis fundamentally opposes abortion. Well, right? he, here's the thing. You you said leading into that clip, it's a law of the land and the land of Lincoln. Right. Why, why is it even an issue for somebody who's running for the mayor of the city of Chicago? Now, mind you, this was this was an interview that was taken back in 2009 with Berkowitz, that Paul Vallis sat down with Berkowitz way back in 2009. So I, I guess my question is, Brandon Johnson's views on anything changed in the last 13 oh, yeah. years? Villain? Well, I don't know uh, of any of his views that's changed because he's been hard left. Like I said, me and him used to mix it up on the radio a yeah. lot when I used to call his show. So uh, well, he I doesn't want to defund police anymore. So, well, I don't believe that. I believe they're going <laughs> to get defunded when he becomes mayor. Of course. But the thing about it is, is a Paul Vallis said some things, and he's being held accountable for what he said by Brandon Johnson and by people on our side, people that would yeah. give him a chance. You know, they're not going to do it now because he said some things. And this is the reason why I said he's going to lose, because Brandon Johnson's playing a race card. Listen, I know we don't. You want- called in on the show and said that. Yesterday. Yes. Sir. Yeah. And, and he's doing it. And listen, he's got a new ad out. I don't know if you all seen it. He said uh, Paul Vallis put out some racist and homophobic tweets. I said the race card will be played. And in Chicago, in Illinois, Cook County, DuPage County, oh. all of these counties, race matters. You know, I don't care how much you try to beat me up. They've beat me up since November the 8th. This is playing out in real time in front of our eyes. And when Brandon Johnson becomes mayor, I'm going to be just as vocal as Dan Prof has been for the last past month. He said, yeah, all you Paul Vallis supporters, call in. Take me on. Nobody wanted to take him on. Only a few on the, the keyboard warriors. He called them what, the Starbuck <laughs> keyboard, keyboard warriors. Yeah, yeah, the keyboard warriors. And I'm going to invite people to do the same thing. When race plays out to be a factor, Sean Johnson, you can call. I mean, Sean Thompson, you can call the show. And, I, and you, can, you can try to keep it simple for simple minds all you want because – 
politics means nothing to yeah. black most black people. Like I told you all on the morning right. answer, black people don't care about politics. Everything's not about politics. Some things are just about right and wrong, and black people just want to know who cares and who wants to help. So you right. can keep it simple, but it does not but, matter. Vilan, Vilan, I actually agree with you yesterday. I told uh, we we even have another caller that called in and, and said it, uh, and I said race will pay a part, but I. I just don't think I, I depending on what CT as I said, depending on the level who comes out, if it's a low turnout, I don't see how Brandon Johnson carries it because that means he didn't spark the black community, the brown community. If it's if it's a low turnout, Paul is easily going to walk away. Well, let me respond to you. Wait, no, no, I want to I want to play Paul Vallis's oh. response first. All right. And but here's what Paul Vallis actually said. What about your social issue positions? Because that's a big deal in the Republican kinda, primary. Are you, you know, a pro-choice kind of guy on abortion? Uh, I'm I'm personally pro-choice. Okay. Oh. You, you think that'd be a problem running as a Republican? It, it might be because obviously you know people. That means want you to, don't. That means you're fine with Roe v. Wade. Uh, you know. I, you think a woman has a right to choose? Abortion shouldn't be illegal in general. I don't think I don't think we should legislate against a woman's right to choose. But on issues like partial birth abortion, and, there you can legislate. You would ban yeah. partial birth abortion. Yes. Those late term, third term abortions, yes, yeah. you ban them. Yeah, yeah, I would be opposed. You would allow an exception, you know. In Congress, they banned them. They had an ex- they, they had an exception well, for the life of the mother, well, right, but they but, didn't have an exception yeah. for the health of the mother. Well, you know, you always have to consider medical exceptions to the fact. But the bottom line is, fundamentally, I oppose abortion, and I and I oppose far right, and the only exception would be a real health issue, not yeah, not real like health a, issue. You know, just oh, he actually said, oh, personally, I what? Well, he's he's what he's doing is he's cleaning up his language. But he's still saying the same thing. Brandon Johnson's not lying. No, he's just playing his no, words. No, he's lying. No, he's lying because no, I think the, he's cherry picking. It's it's intellectually dishonest to say that mutually, you know, that that there are uh, differences between obviously between you know being against abortion and being pro-choice, but they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Okay. You, you can be against the legislation of something while personally opposing. Wait, wait. and and, and Villan, he was speaking to the um, long-term abortion. That's what Paul Vallis was speaking to. Fundamentally, he opposes. Let's see he, how many. He, he never. No, I, I think it's disingenuous for Brandon Johnson to play an ad that says Paul Vallis saying. And, and here I am. I'm. I don't, I don't even have a vote in this. Right. So either. you know, I didn't even really care about but talking about. This. Let's see how many people can see the nuance in what you all are saying. I bet you there's not one that's going to see the difference. Plus, you have. Conservative talk show hosts like, like, Dan, like Dan Prof, like Sean Thompson, and other hardcore conservatives. Well, Sean Thompson says he's a classic liberal. I don't even know what that means. But you still have conservative hosts taking Paul Vallis to task. They don't see the nuance in what he's saying. They saying that he's just a more polished up turd. So guess what? You, you're not going to see a big white turnout. You're going to see some, maybe more than black, but you're not even going to see a high white turnout. It depends on the Latino community. No. If they come out, plus a decent... I disagree. Uh, I'm telling you, man. I disagree. Okay, you watch and see. The people of Chicago you watch. suffered through the hammer of Lori Lightfoot. And 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 Brandon Johnson is double down Brandon. It's that's who, come that's down my the message. Yeah, Brand, double down Brandon. Should he win, he's going to double down on everything she did, things she was afraid to do, th- things where she was afraid to pull a lever. He's going to pull it down, beat it down, break it yeah, off true. so that it will never happen again. Let's make Trust the bet. Me. Let's make the bet. Trust me. Let's make Trust the bet. About, you, you ready? Go ahead. No, don't say the 13 martinis. The 13 martinis. Oh, God. I wanted tw- it was my I want understanding that there would be no math. <laughs> 26. <laughs> double or nothing. What do you oh, want to do? Oh, my God. Vlad. Right now. You need help. 
Double nothing. Uh, and Valon's about to blow my blood pressure pretty up now. What, what, do you, what do you want to talk to next? We'll oh, be yeah. right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Um, Pydoc, what did you say those numbers were the, of the election? You still got that? Up? Yeah, I've, I've got the numbers pulled up. The numbers? So, so when you take into account Lori Lightfoot's uh, numbers, Chewy Garcia's numbers, Willie Wilson's numbers, um, the if the uh, runoff were to happen today, there would be 222,381 votes that would be up for grabs if the exact same people that voted in the first round came back out and, and voted for the, the runoff for the uh, mural uh, candidacy for um, Chicago. I, I, and I just don't see people voting for Double Down Brandon when it comes to... Well, and I, I mean, I, I think the three of us are in agreement, you, you me, Verlon, and, and, and even... Uh, George, that you know, it's really going to come down to the numbers that come out um, and 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 vote. I, you know, are you going to have um, some voter apathy that occurs because people are just tired of having to deal with the, the bantering back and forth? Yeah, I think that's certainly a, a possibility. But I mean, you're looking at a nine percent. I'm sorry, eleven percent uh, difference between Paul Vallis's actual vote count in the the first round versus Brandon hey, Johnson. What were those numbers? Uh, Paul Vallis got uh, 184,989, which was 32.94% of the vote. Brandon Johnson got 121,440, which is uh, 21.62% of the vote. Um, So, I I mean, you know, it... I I think it really all all boils down to whether or not, and and I think Verlan said it well, are you going to see a pocket of of, um, brown individuals from the city of Chicago turn out? If you have a large brown turnout versus a, a large white turnout, I think you're yeah, going but, to but see the, brown, the, 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 the Latinos, they, dude, they're not for a lot of this woke stuff, these Latinos. No, and, a lot of Latinos are, even in Chicago. Are, are shifting more and more conservative, yes. uh, especially because of their, the uh, religious uh, components. And what did, what did Paul Vallis say? I am not a Republican. He went out of his way to say he was for woke without saying woke. I'm for everything J.B. Pritchard stands for verbatim. J.B. who? J.B. Pritchard. <laughs> JB, uh, so he, whatever. He's, Governor Yabba Dabba. Go, there you go. We try. I'm trying not to name call. I'm trying to give him give him that respect. Have but, I fought, have I rubbed off on you, Valon? Yes, you have. I'm trying. I'm trying to be above board. Listen, he went out of his way to put down the white vote. I'm sorry. I know people don't want to say Who, white, Valis? black. Yes, oh. I know people don't want to say white, black, brown. But guess what? A lot of white people are turned off from Paul Vallis from the commentary he's been saying of late. So it's it's over. And then, then look at the debate. Think about the debate. Paul Vallis was trying to talk all above board, right? What did, what did uh, Brandon Johnson do? Well, when Barack Obama became president, he changed his ballot to Republican. Oh, yeah? Making so what does, that, what does that mean? He Making made it racial. it racial. What? He don't like Barack Obama? That's what I took from it. Well, he must be racist against Barack Obama, the first black president. You can read all kinds of stuff yeah. into it. And didn't, right. didn't wait, wait, uh, let's, let's, let's go to the phone. I mean, they Ooh, just blowing up. up. Let's go to the phone up. lines. Um, Jim from South Elgin, also a sponsor of this show, Best Dental. Welcome. Well, Jimmy. gents, uh, interesting topic. I'm actually doing a remote location phone call from uh, a poolside by a hotel called Companto in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, I, you? I'll be in Vegas tomorrow, Jim. 
There you go. Well, send me some pictures. So, you anyways, bums, both I sent you a video last night of that place we went to called Bunkers. A great group was playing. But anyways, yeah. as far as this uh, Chicago race, this is like kind of the, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Neither one of them had talked about getting rid of the sanctuary city no. uh, policy that the state has and Chicago has. They want to be serious in crime. They should get rid of that first of all. You know, and none of them talk about it. Um, I think a lot. It's interesting that Jesse White is uh, sponsoring or is uh, supporting uh, Vallis. Yeah. And I think you know, a lot of people looking into, you know, let's go Brandon. His history is not so good, and he's a lot more socialistic than uh, yeah. Vallis. So I, hopefully that'll, that'll Jesse resonate. White. Jesse White supporting Paul Vallis means absolutely nothing. Willie Wilson oh, supporting. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Time out. Let me stop you right there. The number one vote getter. For the last how many decades, Jesse White? He was safe. He was a safe candidate okay. people could vote for. Okay. Let me tell you who's who's supporting Brandon Johnson. Sheila Jackson Lee that was at Selma. Oh, the crazies. Let me tell you something. The crazies, right? Auntie Maxine the Waters. Oh, look at him crazy. A, a lot of black candidates have signed on to Brandon Johnson that we're that people aren't talking about over here. The man has exactly. ground Wait, swell Vilan. support. Vilan. You just named off the crazies. We just named off. What did you say? Jesse Jesse White was safe, right? SCIU. So so, so, so so the same people are, are coming after Paul or, or endorsing Paul Vallis, but the far left lefty loonies are coming out to to to, and they to have support big double su- down. They Brandon. have big support. SCIU, the most powerful union next to the Teamsters. Yeah, twenty thousand members. Yeah, it, it, I'm telling you, man. I don't care what that say. Yeah. It was split between seven black people, black candidates, and one Hispanic and one white. I'm telling you who's going to win. Okay. Well, I, I, I still Jim, think it goes Jim, back Jim, to- you had anything else, Jim? Love just a good show, guys. And, All right. Uh, I'll be in soon. Right, thanks, hey buddy. Jim, I, I just wanted to say I think your your point is is being stuck with having to choose between the lesser two evils absolutely reminds me of the presidential elections, Ooh. and and I'm telling you I'm tired of it. I would yeah. love for there to be a strong third party candidate come in and shake up the schoolhouse. All right. um, that's just my two. That's cents. true. Right, let me get let me get the phone lines cleared up. Uh, let's go to Patrick from Schaumburg. Patrick, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, listen, um, I think early voting, when you look at early voting, I think a lot of right-of-center voters voted for Vallis. And then in the last two weeks leading up to the the, the, uh, the vote, he kind of turned left. And I think a lot of voters who voted for him early, right-of-center, they're not going to show up. Thank you. They've tur- they're turned off by him. Thank well, you. I think the Northwest Side GOP area... Um, Big cop firefighter area. I think the 19th Ward. The 19th Ward, is that over by Mount Greenwood? I think they'll come out for him. Uh, they are, these people are, will never vote for a Brandon Johnson because this is that big police and firefighter um, areas where they live, and they will never vote for Brandon Johnson. Yeah, John, the, uh, the numbers showing on the, the map for election results, Mount Greenwood was almost completely dark red, See? well over 70%. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the north, uh, northwest, north, side. northwest side, you know, um, uh, Edison Park, uh, O'Hare, Dunning, um, Norwood, uh, Forest Glen, um, and then along the lakefront. You know, you're looking at North Side, uh, near North Side, Lincoln uh, Park. What about downtown? Uh, downtown was kind of mixed um, uh, with with Vallis. Uh, it was there, but probably sitting around uh, what about 50, 50 to 60 percent. South, uh, other than um, Mount Greenwood on the south uh, west side, um, the vast majority of those votes uh, look like they went for Lightfoot. Um, oh. or and or Wilson. Um so So he doesn't really have a base, but except the teachers. It's all over the place. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's, thing too, well, it, talking it, about. If uh-huh. you could if you could see the 
the map of yeah. the election results, it looks like um, a, a gerrymandered map. Yeah. What did you say, Hop Daddy? Crazy. I was just saying, when you're talking about the Northwest side, one of the things you have to consider is the vast number of Eastern European immigrants yeah. uh, who come in who are highly religious, very conservative, mostly Polish, uh, Estonian, Lithuanian. Yeah. Um, these are people who will vote red for at least two generations uh, upon entering this I'm going to tell all y'all something. Keep There's hope quite alive. A few. You can't walk down the street in Portage Park without bumping keep, into a... Jesse uh, Jackson, keep hope alive. Uh, let's go to Al from Rosemont. Al, welcome back to Black and Right, brother. Hey, hey, how y'all doing up there? All right. Well, uh, I just want to say uh, uh, I believe Brandon Johnson, and I don't believe, I know this is a lie. Uh, you can't balance the budget without raising property taxes, or you'll be the first genius that have been and done it. And I think this Elizabeth Warren uh, uh, endorsement is a, like an oxymoron, someone who fleeces the education <laughs> system to double back down on uh, on a, a CTU uh, executive. And I say she'll never come to this city to do anything, but I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah she, now, you don't she think it's possible to reduce spending? What'd you say? I, I, you, you don't think it's possible Elizabeth to reduce Warren spending? And his endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that he can balance his budget without no. raising property taxes. That's a lie. Well, you saw that, that he would have to raise, what, about $800 million? You know, and, and uh, I think it was um, uh, Wirepoints had an article up on their website web- website that showed how he would do it. He told and you who the, the city income tax, right? He oh, told, city he's a head tax. He yeah. already told you all the different taxes he was going to tax. He knows where he's going to get the money from. Right, everybody that make over a hundred thousand or whatever else, he's going to tax a lot of people. Yeah, but but guess what? Those people had the wherewithal to to to, to leave Chicago. We'll see. You got a lot of people that's still going to just tough it out. They love it here. I'd be gone. I'd move out right outside the outskirts. I told Amy move out on the outskirts of of Cook County and she's oh, Chicago. You're, you're, if 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 you see the taxes increase the way that, Thanks, that, that you're talking about them, you're going to see a, another major explosion of of uh, population growth in Kendall and Grundy. That's true. Um. Eduardo, Michael, hey, it's my Uncle Tommy. Oh, you must have got the message, Uncle Tommy. (laughs) Uh, Eduardo, Michael, Uncle Tommy, uh, hold the line. Um, When we get back from break, um, I'll take your calls. Um, Valis has to win this, though. I I believe in the lesser of two evils. And guess what? Um, Valis is the lesser of two evils. I think he can bring Chicago back. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Uh, two things, two quick things. DJ, I want you to sh- I want you to simmer on this. I want you to think on this. I want you what's called a selah. Um, and don't answer yet. I want to clear the phone lines. But why should school districts hold surpluses and have money held over? That's our money. Send it back to us. Zero-based budgeting for everything. I want it for everything. Zero out everything. Um, don't hold on to my money. All right. Now, I want you to think about that. And, you know, I said, you know, heading into the break that, you know, I believe in lesser of two evils. And here's the thing about the problem with lesser of two evils is that we get evil, right? Off daddy. Uh, we get lesser of two evils. We do. I mean, there's just no, the way our, our, our state is structured and fact, uh, fractured. 
we can't help but do that because of how they how the political lines are drawn in our state. So, DJ, I'm going to clear the lines, and I want you to answer that question. Let's go. Let's start with uh, Eduardo from Midway. Eduardo, welcome back to Black and Right. You there, Eduardo? Eduardo, going once, going twice. See ya. Let's go to Michael from the South Side. Michael, welcome back. Gentlemen, gentlemen, great to talk to you. Um, uh, John Verlon, everyone else, so great to talk to you again, and thank you for taking my call. No problem. Uh, I'm voting voting for Vallis because we really, really need him to win. Um, If Brandon Johnson wins, you can just forget about Chicago. You may as well just think about moving. But uh, Paul Vallis has a big problem. Yes. And that is the local media. Yeah, I mean, because it's pretty it's pretty obvious at this point that the local media is siding with uh, Brandon Johnson, and I think that gives Paul Vallis less of an opportunity to win over some uh, some of the people who didn't vote for him. I mean, you look at you know WBEZ and WTTW did fluffy interviews on Brandon Johnson the day after the election. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, political uh, ran a piece, you know, ran a hit piece on. Uh, Paul of Alice allegedly dissing, you know, Obama and uh, Biden. And now Paul Vallis has to go to a mayoral forum next week. And the two moderators are Laura Washington and Eric Zorn. Oh, God. wow. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, uh, so palace Vallis has a lot of work to do. We can only hope that maybe, uh, maybe we need like 90% of the, uh, eligible voters in Mount Greenwood to show up and vote this time. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, uh, seriously, because uh, given that the, given that the, the local media is uh, so very left and they're going to be pumping out pro Brandon Johnson coverage. I, I just don't see how many more votes he, Paul Vallis is going to get in other parts of the city. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Mike. Thanks for calling us. Let's go to Tom from blue Island. Tom. What's oh, up, Tom? What's up, brother? John, my buddy. What's up, brother? John, you gotta you gotta encompass the Dan Prop theory of uh, maximum punishment. Now, listen, I'm a Mount <laughs> Greenwood guy. Paul Vallis is a Beverly hack, uh, and us Mount Greenwood guys don't like Paul Vallis. And Chicago's screwed anyway. We gotta get back to zero so we can start over, my friend. Wow. Yeah, yeah we actually we Tom, we were just talking about that uh, during the break. Yep. Um, I just don't think I don't think those lefty progressives will ever l- allow it to fall rock bottom because of all the tricks that they have in their bag. Bingo. I just don't. I think the state will bail them out somehow, some way, which they always do. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I would never want to see it bottom out. I just don't. I, I don't. I think Chicago is too important for it to bottom out. And there's way too many people making a whole lot of money yeah. for them to ever let the system go down. Like I agree. Well, right, thank you me. know, oh, Tom, sorry, Tom, I lost. It's nothing you can do once once white flight happens. It's going to be just like Detroit. Yeah, white flight and conservative flight. Well, yeah. <laughs> Chicago has eighty one thousand registered Republicans. Oof, Reliance uh, a bigot. You heard it here. Yeah, first. I heard it here. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's called reality. Uh, let's go to Tony from in Portage, Indiana. Tony, welcome back to Black and Right. Hello, hello. Um, you were talking about capping the surplus in the school district. Yeah. I, in sending it at, at zero, I disagree with that. Okay. I, I think there should be a cap on it because what are they going to do if they need a new school bus or a new roof for the schools from a tornado? 
I think it should be capped. So many hundreds, thousands of dollars is capped. All the rest goes back into the general fund or whatever. Okay. I thank you so much, Tony. Now putting money into a general fund's like the worst thing. It's the the worst thing you could ever do. Uh, we got to go to break, but let's go to Eduardo real quick before we go to break. Eduardo. Yes, can you hear me? There you go, yeah. buddy. Okay, I don't know what happened, but I have my phone on mute, but I can hear you guys. All right, you but got 45 go seconds. Go ahead. You got 45 seconds, okay. So the Latinos are going to break for uh, Mr. Ballas because they're like Reagan Democrats. They care about economics and the crime. Some of the benders over there on 26th Street were robbed. So that is going to be the first issue on their agenda is the crime. So they're going to go for Ballas. They're not going to go for Johnson, especially the older ones. Yeah. Hey, what? Guess what? Do you want to make a bet? You know, I'll come down there and see you. <laughs> I came down there and put some signs up with you before. What do you want to bet? Four martinis or five? Five. Five, five martinis. Oh. Me and Eduardo go hang out in Midway. Man, you ain't black. There we go. We know you ain't black because you, you would have said one, not five. You ain't black. <laughs> Thanks, Eduardo. Uncle Tommy, I promise you I'll take you when we get back. Um, we ran a little long. I didn't realize more people would call. Um, and I know DJ, I'm a, Uncle Tommy, I'm going to take what DJ has to say about the surplus and then I'll take your call. You're listening to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. He's the troublemaker. He's Pidoc. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the Pidoc. Uh, Pida, um yes, sir. School, school surplus. Why? So the every school district in the state of Illinois, um, even though we shifted from a general state aid formula to an evidence based funding model, I don't know, going on seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. It's it's been almost a decade. Um, school districts are still required to have and maintain a fund balance, and the reason is because. Number one, the state of Illinois doesn't pay its bills on time, and so the school districts are it's in a position. Uh, according to Article 10 of the Constitution of the State of Illinois, it is uh, our problem as citizens because <laughs> the state has the burden of paying the majority of the, the cost for education. And since 19, the 1970 Constitutional Convention, which, by the way, Michael Madigan was a part of, yep. the state of Illinois has not paid its full 51% minimum responsibility for school districts in the state in order to to survive but the the legislation requires that school districts maintain a particular fund balance and part of their financial report card is reflective of the percent of fund balance that they would have in order to be able to continue to run and maintain school districts now there are some school districts in southern illinois as an example that have to rely on tax anticipation warrants meaning they go out and they sell these warrants and with the understanding that they're promising to pay this money back to whomever it is that's purchasing it, just so that they have enough money to right. s- to keep their doors open. Right. I got something to say, and I got a question. <clears throat> sure. I thought lottery was supposed Ooh. to go to paying for schools. Ooh, ouch. And I, and I want to ask another question. I want to ask a question. How many millions of cars go through all of these tolls that I go through just to get here? I, I think I go through like at least three, but sometimes four, depending on which way I take. And 
the toll money was supposed to go to schools too. Oh, yeah. Well, the toll money <clears throat> twofold was supposed to not only pay for the toll roads themselves and then be paid off by I believe it was 1990 and shut down and and then shut down. Uh, and instead, the state saw it as a cash cow, just like the state um, has historically seen. It's one of the biggest the, cash cows. It, it is, uh, just as the the reserve piggy bank <laughs> of the teachers' retirement system, state university retirement system, um, Illinois Municipal Retirement Fund. The state has relied on on the retirement. Retirement uh, system, and by not pay, having to pay its fair share, which is why it is in such a bad shape, and and why um, public workers, edu- me being an educator, of course, I I, I will ascribe to that uh, notion that it's it's been in bad shape because the politicians have been using it as a cash cow in a right. piggy bank. We you know just still never answer my question as to why they're why is, school boards should hold these surpluses. It, That's our listen. It is legally who, legislated and as a former member is, of the General Assembly, know. you know that the yeah. only way it can change is if the politicians It needs to change. change. I hey man, why, I, as a as so, a pro- as, hold on, as a former superintendent, if you had a problem, why couldn't you go and petition the state to do something like it, it, to the caller's point, you needed to buy a new school bus. Mm-hmm. Petition, send a petition to the state to, to request those funds. Why should school boards hold on to millions, multi millions of dollars? For right now, it's that that's because that's the way the law of the land is written. What I would say to you is this: I'm all about changing the way. Uh, school districts are funded in the state of Illinois, the, the majority of funding of which comes Self-tax. in from local taxpayers, property tax owners. Instead, I would say change it from property taxes to sales tax, yeah. and then everyone in the community is responsible for helping there to pay go. for the schooling. And it's not just the landowners or the, or the property owners. So you have a bunch of people that you know live in, in rental units where they're not paying yeah. property tax. The owner of the building is. Right. But you know the owner may not have any kids that are going to the public school system. And you know, we, you and I have had this conversation right. about, uh, we've mentioned earlier, you've got uh, oh. uh, per capita tuition charge, which is basically the day-to-day instructional cost for a student versus the operation expense per pupil, which is basically right. brick and mortar. Those two funds combined is really the annual cost to educate a child in the state I gotta, of Illinois. I, I got to interrupt you because we, we run a little time. What happens if a school boards offer a rebate from the surplus? What will happen? They, they can, have the authority. They actually can do that, and and part of that is is an abatement. Um, or there's a number of different ways to do it. But I have been in school districts where the board has said, you know what, instead of raising property taxes this year, we're going to go ahead and hold tight, and we're going to basically abate back some of our fund balance. That's what they should. One of all the, of it. One of the problems, though, with the way that the property tax law in Illinois is written for school districts is if you leave any money on the table, let's say, for example, we leave $2 million on the table that we don't tax um, the community for, that $2 million can never come back onto the table in perpetuity. So you lose $2 million this year. Next year, it's, <laughs> it's $4 million. The year after, it's it's $6 million. Yeah. So you're losing I don't all that money wrong, but I gotta get leaving it on the table. Uh, no, you know what I'm a whole because ah, <laughs> you know if they I'm still touch shop and uh, industrial tech, they'd be able to fix the old bus and they yeah. wouldn't need a new one. Right, that's true. I, I'm all in favor of bringing uh, back. I don't, the- Uncle Tommy, I'm sorry, I, you got 45 seconds. I'm so sorry, Uncle Tommy. Hello, there. hello. Hey, hey, you there? Yes, I I'm just enjoying this program. <laughs> uh, the information is always great. You know, to be enlightened. And if I was a betting man, I think I would bet against Rolan on that. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh-oh. because uh, the key I think, is going to be the Hispanic and white vote in yep. Chicago. 
if you got all the black folks together, you still wouldn't have enough to elect a mayor. Yep. So uh, Johnson can play that game, but I don't see where, you know, the thing is what, what, what I see on the commercials is the advertisement that Vallis is doing is about the crime. And I think that's the main thing that everybody's really sick of in Chicago is yeah. the crime. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what Valkyrie told us. The uh, I forget how many months ago when she was at a party. I don't. It was a high. It was a high class party with a lot of black people. Yeah. Black people told her, "We are used to crime. We need more money, more investment, and we can power through crime." I don't forget nothing. I'm an elephant. I don't know and John remember. John remembers this argument that I we do. had. I do. Yeah. I, I I I mean I hear what you're saying, but if you talk to the average everyday person is like this young lady that was stabbed yesterday several hmm. times and, and she died. Well, that was a day. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that the everyday, you know, black folks is really worried about. It's not talking about all this other stuff because most of those people, they live, you know, in, in areas where the crime may not be as rampant. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Tommy, I got to go, but uh, I take it you got the message from Auntie Connie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you, that I haven't heard you call in in a while. So thanks so much for calling in, Uncle yeah, Tommy. Yeah, they moved the show, so now I know. Yeah, I moved to four to seven. Thank you so much, sir. Um, uh, prosecutor, I'm gonna take you when we get back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe Welcome I'm back foolish, to Black and Right. All right, Vilan, there's a message for you on Facebook. Okay. Uh, Roseanne Polito. Obviously, the troublemakers take talking about a culture he does, he does not know much about. Mm. It's been a long-stand fact. Latinos are not going to break for a black candidate, be it right, wrong, or indifferent. We are talking culture. Well, uh, I'm gonna tell you something about that statement really quickly. She, she's half wrong because Latinos have haven't even been coming out for their own candidates what, in the Chewy? last couple of elections. Chewy, Chewy right. uh, Mendoza, uh, uh, the, the Chico, who all they haven't been coming out for their own people. So yeah, it's half wrong. All right, what, what, so what do we owe the pleasure of the prosecutor calling in? You know, John, um, I was wondering when was Verlon going to host next? Oh. <laughs> I, wonder I wonder why. I wonder why. But it's all politics. So, it's all politics. It's all you, Stephanie. It's all Richard Irving. And he has a surprise guest that I'm not going to even talk about. And Jim from South Elgin. It's going to be a. When's it's, that it's, going to be? Huh? It's going to be on the 18th. Did you forget? Next week. I didn't forget. I was just calling to uh, publicize the event. Cause I <laughs> yeah, he's be ready. Well, Dennis is ready. <laughs> oh, you ready? I, 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 I'm ready to rock and roll. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to debating what happened in, in the last election cycle and where we need to go. I, I'm looking forward to it and uh, always enjoy listening to your show. And, you know, you can always try to uh, deal with property taxes, but when one county that's bigger than everybody yep. else does it differently, there's no way it's fair to anybody else. And exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and we're always taking money from uh, districts that have, given to districts that don't, and so the money should follow should follow the child. Amen. It shouldn't be fo- it shouldn't be following a district. And, 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 and Dennis, and, I, wait, I, and Dennis, and they talk about fair share. We all know Cook County does not pay its fair share of taxes. No, if you take a look at the uh, property tax rate, all the other counties in the state of Illinois. Now, there's still adjustments uh, to to regional adjustments to it, but all the other counties in the state of Illinois, uh, property owners, as you know, pay. Um, 33.3% of the uh, fair market value. And um, 
people in, in uh, Crook County do not. Um, and I can tell you right now, if my brother's house, he lives on the north side of Chicago, he pays less than I do, and I live in Kendall County. See? Um, but if he if his house was moved to Kendall County, he would pay almost twice what he is paying right Probably now. Probably triple. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, there's definitely a disparity between uh, the the tax rate in Cook County, um, or as my son likes to call yeah. it, Cro- Crook County. Hey, Rebs, I'm gonna I'm call you when I get out of here. Okay, Reb lady. All right, we'll see you guys. Take All right, care. thank you. See you later, man. Uh, I want to th- thank um, Dr. Elizabeth Myers for joining the show today. Uh, Michael Clausen, Teresa Tammy Hayes. Um, you enjoy yourself today, brother? I loved it. Um, Verlon, you're leading the show next week? Oh, man, it's going to be a knockout show. I can't yeah. wait. I, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to upset one person that yeah. may call. Hoff Daddy, no, thanks so much. Lot. Hey, Belly of the Beast coming up next. Babette and Raquel. You guys, don't miss it. Don't turn off the station. Check out Belly of the Beast coming up next. I won't see you for another two weeks. Verlon will be in next week. See ya. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.